Alright, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This movie has made me change the order that I usually do reviews, okay? So usually I give my review, my opinion, if I liked it, if I didn't like it beforehand. And then I give it a rating out of 10. But this one, I know I'm going to spoil it. And I feel like I should give the rating beforehand. Just so you can see what I, what my true rating is. And then go in and see it, okay? So this movie... 9 out of 10, easily. I don't think that you'll be getting a 10 out of 10 from me for any movie in general. This movie, 9 out of 10. I loved it so much. This movie is so amazing. It's great. I've had such a hard time deciding whether I like this one or the previous one more. But this one, I feel where I'm at right now has been inching more towards that top spot. I It's a top-tier Marvel, or I wouldn't say Marvel as much. It's a top-tier Spider-Man movie, and everybody should go and see it, okay? See the first one first, obviously. If you haven't seen the first one, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. You need to see that movie. That movie's great, and that movie, honestly, I feel like is changing the way that animation is going, and you can really see it in new movies like... The new Puss in Boots movie, for example. That movie's phenomenal. It's going to make you a fan of Miles Morales. Even if you're not a huge superhero fan, still go see it because it's a great movie. I feel like everybody should see it. It's phenomenal. And this movie had huge shoes to fill, and they filled them. I mean, honestly, this movie is so good. It takes what you loved about Into the Spider-Verse and just made it so much bigger and such a good time. You get all these different versions of Spider-Man. You get my favorite Spider-Man ever since playing the video game with him in it. You get um, Miguel O'Hara's Spider-Man 2099. I know he's a little bit edgy, but at the time, I really did enjoy that kind of Spider-Man. And I like all the differences that he made, too. And obviously, with Oscar Isaac being that version of Spider-Man, it makes it even better because I love Oscar Isaac. That man's in so much good stuff, and this, I think, marks him being one of the few who has been in a Fox, a Sony, and a Disney Marvel movie, which is insane. But, I mean, like, good, because he needs to be cast in every movie. He's great. I love him so much. But, um, yeah, let's talk about the movie a bit more, okay? This is definitely going to be a bit more spoilery because, I mean, everybody needs to go see the movie. You already saw my ranking. Go see the movie, come back, and listen to the spoil stuff because this movie, oh, my God, I can't talk about it without spoiling it. But um, I liked how this movie went. It wasn't all just Miles' story. It definitely went into more of... The Gwen, Ghost Spider, Spider-Woman type story too, which I appreciated. I like that we're getting more back on and more emphasis on other characters too. Because, I mean, with a movie like this, it provides a great opportunity to focus on many different versions and delve more deep into these types of versions. And Miles already is very different from the Peter Parker that I feel like a lot of people are accustomed to. So it is cool to get, like, Gwen and, 
I don't know, just delve deeper into these deeper versions of Spider-Man because with a movie like this where there's so many different Spider-Men, you're getting tastes of certain ones, but you're not fully delving into them. And so it provides this cool opportunity for some of the main characters that we met in the first one to be fleshed out a little bit more. We had heard a tiny bit about her backstory and how her tragedy, instead of being Uncle Ben or Uncle Aaron or some other family member, was her version of Peter Parker, who never got bit by the spider and ended up dying. Um, And having his death basically blamed on Gwen. So it's cool that we get to see this tragedy that she goes through and see kind of the motivations for why she... Um, why she's been acting the way she is and why she's so quick to flee from her timeline. And it also gives a very good kind of reasoning for why all these other Spider-Men are coming back. I was a little bit worried because I knew that they were going to do this new movie with the new dimensions and all the different versions, but I was a bit worried. I was like, I don't know how naturally they can... provide this dimension thing again. I mean, there's always science, and sure, like, their friends will want to meet up again. But I was definitely thinking, what's the natural conclusion that they're going to come to make it where they can go back and see each other again? And I feel like this one did a very good job tying into some loose ends that were left over from Into the Spider-Verse. And I was very happy that they moved it forward in a natural way that um, just very good writing all around to make this happen. And also, speaking of loose ends and things being tied, the character, or the villain, The Spot, I had heard of him. I had seen him teased a little bit in promotional items and in action figures and stuff like that. I mean, The Spot by himself looks goofy and... From the start, he is a very goofy character, and like the movie tends to point out, very character or villain of the week that a lot of Spider-Men tend to have, because Spider-Man has his rogues gallery, but also in the long history that Spider-Man's been around, there have been so many different villains being created that you're going to get these wacky-looking heroes, and the er, not heroes, wacky-looking villains. And the spot definitely fits that description. But what surprised me was, even though he shows up at the beginning and he is treated kind of as weak and as something not to be taken seriously, they his character is very integral to the plot of this story. He's constantly getting stronger. And he seems like he's going to be a very big threat in the third movie. So that's a huge surprise. I was expecting there to be some kind of twist bigger villain or something, but I was very surprised and honestly very happy with the direction that they're going with this villain. He wasn't as big of, like, obviously he's going to play a big part in the narrative coming soon, and he is getting way stronger and more of a threat. But he wasn't a huge part of the story, more so the beginning, and he's kind of the whole reason why the Spider-Men group together. 
but he's not in it a ton, you know? But, um, still, either way, I feel like I'm very curious to go how they go in the third one, and this movie definitely does a good job getting you hyped for the new one coming out next year. So, the spot, major plus, um, we had our core group of Spider-Men, and, um, obviously we had Gwen in the first one. We had Spider-Man Noir, we had Spider-Ham, we had Penny Parker, um, we got Miles, we got Peter B. Parker. So, in this new movie, we kind of have a little bit of a group, not a ton. Peter B. Parker and Gwen both reappear, um... We got Spider-Punk showing up for a little bit. Spider-Punk is awesome. I love what they did with this character. I don't think the character in the comics is British. But I feel like it really adds to his character. Especially with the punk aspect being um, there. And going up against the establishment. And just being a rebel. Kind of really benefits from his character being British and having that strong accent and just being against authority and kind of being a helping cause in wanting that anarchy and that chaos that Miles can provide in kind of thwarting Miguel O'Hara's plans, you know? So, even though... You may think he might be a bit of trouble or might be a problem for Miles. And the whole, when I was first started watching the movie, I thought it was going to be more of a love triangle type situation between him, Gwen, and Miles. Which, I'll be honest, I wasn't super looking forward to because love triangles to me are kind of a tired trope. They get boring really quick and they can cause a lot of like awkward scenes. And I get secondhand embarrassment very easily. And I feel like if they focus more on a love triangle, it kind of would have taken me out of the movie a little bit and caused me to cringe and just not be super invested. And so it really kind of threw me for a loop in a good way that we had more Hobie and Miles teaming up a little, or not necessarily teaming up, but being on the same side, and Spider-Punk kind of, throughout most of the movie, being there for Miles and really helping him out in his chaotic sort of way. And so that was something I was very glad that they did. And it made sense for the character that he was helping in his unique way, you know? But, um, alright, let's talk about... The big bad, kind of in air quotes, big bad. We got Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. Uh, you can tell throughout the movie that, like, his intentions are very... You know, it's one of those situations where you can tell what he's going for. You can tell that at the end of the day, he has the best interests. He might have taken it a bit too far. And he's lost a ton and has sacrificed a lot so it's kind of morphed his personality more to this edgy type person that we know in this like coldness and just having to do anything by any means necessary to 
save the world and make the timelines kind of go the way that they're supposed to be. And so he kind of was, he was a hero. He definitely didn't seem like a bad guy necessarily. But at the same time, like, if you're a Spider-Man and you're just sitting there and letting these people die so that they can have their tragic events and it can... It's a very gray area because you know the world's going to be destroyed. But also, like, I'm sure most Spider-Men are super smart. I'm sure they could find a way to fix these events or prevent this from happening without there being this calamity happening, you know? Um, maybe they could find a way to prevent the characters from becoming captain, or they could find a way to alter the timeline a little bit where the tragedy wouldn't necessarily have to happen, but it could still save the world. Like, I 100% get what Spider-Man 2099 is going for. And at the end of the day, he is getting results. He is helping things. But he kind of... I feel like, in a way, he becomes what... Like, I don't... It's very... It's very tough to tell who's right and wrong, because he's doing the right thing but using bad means, you know? And I know the third one's gonna probably flesh into this a little bit more, because it's supposed to end this trilogy... And I am very interested where they go with that character. If they're aiming more for, like, a redemption arc, or if they're going to make Miles kind of see that his dad's death would be necessary in the long run, and that he kind of has to let his dad go. It, it does make me very curious, because this movie, it has the spot, sure, and the spot is definitely shaping up to be a huge threat in the third one. But this movie, for the most part, doesn't really feel like there is a huge villain, you know? Um, Miguel O'Hara is definitely threatening, and he's super cool. I love seeing him on screen. I was very happy when I saw that end credit in the first one, because, like I said earlier, I love that character so much. He has amazing, unique abilities from the other Spider-Men. Uh, his costume is awesome. I like vampires, so I feel like the vampiric kind of nature with the fangs and um, the claws is super cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this movie, if you have a favorite Spider-Man, they're probably going to show up, you know? Like, there are definitely some Blink and Miss It cameos. I mean, the big ones that people really care about, like, I mean... We got Ben O'Reilly, we got Insomniac Spider-Man, we got, um, we got weird ones like Spider-Car, and, um, I think I saw a couple, um, Symbiote Spider-Mans, um, I mean, there's Spider-Man for everybody, like, there's been so many iterations over the years, um, the one that i really curious if was in this movie, and I'll have to go and look and see if it is, because I'm curious if Spider-Man was in this movie. That's the version of Spider-Man that is literally just thousands of spiders in a Spider-Man costume. 
I'm curious if that one ended up being in the movie because I feel like that would be really cool. And that one right there is definitely a very niche kind of version of Spider-Man. So this movie definitely benefits from a movie watch because there's so many Spider-Man all throughout the screen that I'm sure that character is probably in it. It's probably just a blink and you miss it type scene, you know? But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the story and the characters a little bit. The art direction, obviously, I mean, we knew, especially because of the first one, that this was going to be gorgeous. They're constantly changing up the art style. I liked how expressive the backgrounds were. Because there were scenes, like the ones I especially notice are the ones when Gwen is talking to her father of how they would change the light and change the coloring a little bit. And so they would have like, like for example, Gwen has this very almost platinum blonde hair. And they would make it where in the dark and in sadder scenes her skin would be like, uh, like greenish blue, you know, like, I don't know, I liked how not only, like, the animation was changed, but also how they would mess with the character's designs with the lighting and with the color palette just switching during the same scenes, and obviously they're gonna get creative when it comes to the, um, swinging around and having all their scenes with um, making it look very comic booky and making each dimension look very different and specific to how each version of Spider-Man was. But obviously, if you're going into this movie, you know you're going to see the best animation you've ever seen. Like, this movie is top-tier animation. I mean, so many great characters. Um... Just all around gorgeous. This movie is... I mean, there's no doubt in my mind it's a lock-in for Best Animated Picture. There's even a very good chance that it could be nominated for Best Picture. I see it happening. It doesn't happen a ton for animation, but I mean... This would be the movie to do it. I could definitely see this happening. Um, yeah, but um, let's talk quick cameos and quick mentions and stuff. I was surprised how much they mentioned the live-action Spider-Man that we've seen. Like, there were even flashes of characters that we haven't seen in years. Like, they showed... When they were talking about the family member having to die, they showed Captain Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man. They showed Uncle Ben from the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I mean, that guy hasn't been seen... I mean... Obviously, it was just footage from the movie, but still, like, that was a character, like, that hasn't been seen in a while. I mean, they kind of sort of name-dropped the dimension and the actions that happened in Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, all throughout this movie, like, there were little references to the live-action, the animated ones, like... Obviously, we get the video game version scene. We get the old cartoons. Like, this movie was references all the way. And at the same time, it I feel like some movies 
they'll make references and they'll be tired and you'll be like, okay, we get it. Like, we get what you're trying to do. Like, this is corny and this is too much. It didn't really feel this way with this movie. I mean, the Spider-Man being there had a reason within the plot. And it made sense why they would be there. And Spider-Man is, for the most part, I mean, obviously there's exceptions like Ben O'Reilly and Miguel O'Hara. They're... Spider-Man's a goofy character. Spider-Man will say, like, catchphrases all the time and joke around. I mean, obviously he has his struggles and his trauma and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it these references and these, like, we-get-the-camera-type moments feel very Spider-Man. So, um, yeah. Okay, so this was the big cameo, and this one shocked me. And I am very, very happy that this did not get spoiled. Because I was incredibly expecting this scene in particular to be spoiled. There's a scene where they are walking through and there's this like metallic giant spider that's building these like light prisons to keep like anomalies trapped. So it'll be like if this character wasn't supposed to go into this timeline, let's trap it and then we'll send it back to their dimension, you know? So. This one was a shock. Um, we get finally see Donald Glover in the Prowler costume. This Donald Glover one has been a long time coming because Donald Glover is the inspiration for Miles Morales. Donald Glover, in a way, is kind of the reason that Spider-Man got made because there was a campaign for a long time to get Donald Glover to play Spider-Man... Um, in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I mean, Community had him wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And that kind of started the whole thing. Um, we've had Donald Glover play Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, so they were hinting at it. And I know there was supposed to be, like, a deleted scene or something. That had him in the costume as Prowler. And... Donald Glover has voiced Miles Morales in an animated version. So this kind of feels like a full circle action where we finally get to see Donald Glover playing the character that he was meant to be. And it was super cool to see and honestly a shock for me because I love Donald Glover. I love Childish Gambino. Um, great actor, great singer. Incredibly shocked and very happy that I saw this movie early. Because this is not the type of thing I'd want spoiled. It was so cool to see it um, happen on screen, you know. And real quick, another kind of scene. This surprised me. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of these movies, so it wasn't like an oh-my-God moment. But the quirk from the first two Venom movies appears in this movie for a brief second in a scene with the spot. And, yeah, I don't know, like, that character, she's very identifiable with those movies. I'm not a huge fan of those movies, so it wasn't, like, a, like, screamer point at the screen, be all giddy type moment for me. But it was still super cool to see that they are putting in the effort to tie this stuff in and make it a bigger universe, you know? So that was also kind of a cool little bit of live action mixed with animation type moment. I would have thought it would be super cool if they 
kind of changed the spot and made it like a live action version of the spot just for that moment. It would be kind of a nice touch and I feel like it would be something very easy to do. Um, but yeah, either way though, I mean, it was still cool to see the effort they put in. And it was definitely something extra that they didn't really need to do. But you can tell they did it to the fans and did it to make this universe seem as giant as it is. And, yeah, just very neat touches. Um, yeah, this movie's all around great. I'm going to give my one kind of negative that I have with this movie. And that is... The sound, I guess. The sound, for the most part, was alright. And it could be that I saw this in Dolby. So the sound was especially blasting and especially loud. But especially towards the beginning when Gwen is doing her little introduction. And talking about what her life has been like after the events of the first movie. The drumming and the background noise... Kind of didn't mix well with the voice, like the voiceover, you know. So it was hard at times to hear her. And it might be my theater's problem, but I did hear online that it has just been a bigger problem in general. So I feel like that's the one thing that I would have them fix is mess around with the mixing a little bit. Make it where you can hear her a little bit better. Because, I mean... Her character, for the most part, has a bit of a quieter voice. So, if you're going to have her be a drummer, and I mean that is the character in the comics, so keep her as a drummer. Um, just mess with that a little bit so that we can hear it a little bit better. Because, I mean, that is a big part of movies is being able to hear what the person's saying. You know, so that really is kind of my only big complaint. Which is tiny in the aspect of things because of how great this movie is. But, um, yeah, I mean, not all movies are perfect. Every movie's gonna have something they do wrong at some point, And that is the one thing that I can think of. It's a very easy fix, though, you know? So, this movie is great. I'm going to have to go and rewatch it again. It might take me a little bit to decide... Whether this one or the next one is better. And I am super excited for that third one. This movie leaves you at a moment where you're like, I'm hyped for this new one. You know, like, beyond the Spider-Verse, we get a bunch of original team members together along with some new characters introduced. It looks like Nick Cage's character is probably going to be back too, which is awesome. I love me some Cage. But yeah, this movie... It's great. Like I said earlier, 9 out of 10. Go see it. Go run to the theater right now. This is must-see viewing. Um, go see it in the theater. If your theater has Dolby, go see it in Dolby or Hell IMAX or something. This is this is the type of movie to see that in. I know not all IMAX is actually IMAX. But go ahead. Go, go big with this one. You're not going to regret it. This is a movie that... The second it comes out on physical, I'm running and I'm buying it. But yeah. Alright, go see this movie right away. Run. Run to the theater. Alright, have a good one.